listening to another edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from Rank Bright. Now, this is the podcast where we talk about bicycling just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from all over the nation. So come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Well, I'm smiling again, even though... Uh... They took our podcast over last week. You know, the ladies well, did that, but because we were detained doing things, doing fun stuff. Yeah, but, uh, and it was held by customs. Yeah, yeah. So, what were you doing last week, Mark? That you you couldn't get to the podcast? Well, I I, I was with you. Uh, we were in uh, Tempe, Arizona, sure, uh, having a retreat for the National Bike Tours. <laughs> Uh, board of Directors, sure, um, or the Bike Tour Network, as they're called. Uh, mm-hmm. They hold the Bike Tourism Conference, and so we're looking at potential sites uh, for the upcoming conference mm-hmm. in 2020. So we plan that far out um, on those, but it takes a little time when you move conferences across the country like that. But really outstanding conversations, some really cool people in the rooms, and even with a board retreat, I have a whole list of notes and ideas and things that other people are doing that I think are great. Yeah, lots yeah. of cool stuff there. Uh, we did pop by one um, beverage establishment called the Petal Haas or House or however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a cool little, uh, you know, bike-related establishment, I would say, in, in downtown Tempe. We're right in the uh, Mill Ave area, and uh, yeah, a lot of fun there. Yeah, isn't it a gold or platinum campus too for the bike friendly sure. university program? So yeah, I mean it's a it's a big deal to be able to bike around Tempe. That's 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 awful. Cool. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool yeah. town. So I had another adventure right after that. I I, um, yeah. I I scooted all around the country. I was in literally, I was in Annapolis, Maryland. Then I went to at my niece's wedding. I went to Tempe, Arizona, back to Iowa for a pause. And then I went to the big, the Big Apple for Bike New York's Five Borough Ride, and I don't know if yeah. you've ever done that ride, Mark. But it, oh no, it's a well they call it a bucket list ride, which you know some people do that for Ragbri. Um, uh-huh. It's as advertised, um, just a massive event, just extremely well done. Helmet tip to uh, uh, Ken, but Zeba and, and Andrew up there. I mean, those guys, Andy and, and Ken, just have you know been friends with those guys for a long time. They do such a wonderful job of organizing Bike New York and all the all the great events there. But I never experienced it in person. Uh, had the invite to travel over there with our friends from Primal, and mm-hmm. boy, did we we had a blast. I mean, just. Cool. Um, went to probably the, one of the oldest bars in America right off the plane. We went to McSorley's. I don't know if you ever heard of McSorley's, but it's, um, oh, it's an Irish cop bar, I think is by nature. And, um, <laughs> it was the bar from uh, Hill street blues where they'd kind of hang out and all you had a choice of one or one or two, um, uh, you know, basically you say light or dark and that was it. That was the only choice. And they bring you two just in case, you know, you're running low. And so, sure. uh, so that that was the best way I could start off the weekend. Went over to the expo. They had just some, I mean, hundreds of vendors. We saw lots of our friends there. We saw Noon was there and Honey Stinger, one of our new uh, vendors. Of uh-huh. course, Primal. We saw uh, our friends from Sele Anatomica. Did I say that right? Uh-huh. Um, yep. They were they were there presenting. Um, so I think it was uh, Jay and Carol, if I'm not mistaken, um, yeah. were over there. So I just saw, and then then I of course hooked up with our friends, our our beer friends. Uh, New Belgium is their big beer sponsor, and our friend Mike Kraft. I don't know if you remember Crafty oh, from Crafty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and, a, and yeah, the they were. We had such fun with them, and uh, I'll, I'll be honest they they bring the fun. Um, a few <laughs> of the guys, Spicoli was there uh, as well. Uh, that's not his real name, but um, I think that was his stage name for the week. It, and uh, he's from Fort Madison, so he had a little Iowa culture in him. And uh, I think his real name's John, but but who who knows? So uh, had a few pints with those gentlemen, if I can call sure. them that. And uh, next thing you know, we're, we're out. Uh, just a massive starting line, um, and it was amazing how they orchestrate waves and waves of riders that go out. 
And we were in the first wave, fortunately, that we we're probably in the first several thousand people to, to roll out. But mm-hmm. you truly ride your bike. And I mean, you're going through Manhattan, you're going through Harlem, you're going through Central Park, the Bronx, wow. Brooklyn, I mean, over cool bridges, uh, through tunnels. It And unfortunately, it rained every stinking mile that we rode. <laughs> So, so that, um, you know, it was a memory maker though, you know, the, the, if it was perfect out, you know, it's just like those days of ragbri when you say, you know, if everything's perfect, it's not as memorable, but when you got to portage your bike across like a gravel pit or, you know, just things Uh like that, or it rains heavily and you try to outrace it, you know, things like that are, are memory makers. And this was no different. We were, um, shivering. I mean, it was probably 50 degrees out somewhere in that ballpark and it, oh i mean we had nice clothes on and nice but boy yeah. oh boy so I'll i t- saw pictures of pat uh maven party pat? steven yep yeah hanging out uh, getting refuge at a starbucks <laughs> and you know maybe it's the primal wear but it, they didn't look rained on at all they looked fresh well, as a daisy those those boys took a little detour you know and uh <laughs> that next thing you know they were did the tour of coffee shops so uh uh-huh. i had a uh-huh. couple i had a couple of things that i had to do when i was in in the city i had to get new york pizza that was oh, okay. mission accomplished. Uh, okay. Dave Edwards and Tim Baker, we, we, we took a little detour and, and got some New York pizza. Um, there's like 57,000 raised pizzas in New York City, but um, uh-huh. we found a, a nice little mom-and-pop place and got, got real New York pizza. And, cool. and uh, my friend Kevin Miller and I, we went and found New York bagels. And nice. Kevin Miller, I don't know if you met him. He owns Jackass Hill Brewery over in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know him. So, uh, so yeah, we went and visited with Kevin, and uh, it's over in Colorado. And Kevin and I got some New York bagels and a, and a, a nice little diner. And I got a schmear on my bagel. So if you're from the city, you kind of know what a schmear is. If you're from the East Coast, you know what a schmear is. But uh, <laughs> but it was cool. And then uh, you know, so we were ready. The 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 ride part is like okay this. 40 mile ride with uh-huh. about 32,000 people. Um, I don't think they had quite that many because, I mean, the rain was, it was forecast for 100% rain. Oh. And, I mean, it, w- it was 100% rain 100% of the time. <laughs> but the, the security on that ride was fantastic. I have to say, NYPD did a, an amazing job. I mean, every. No, no cars on on the route whatsoever. They shut down. I mean, bridges and and we're on we're on the FDR oh. freeway. I mean, it's just like, you know, the day before you're traveling sixty five miles an hour on this thing, and then it's shut down mm-hmm. for Bike New York. So, um, it's a it's a must do ride. I I will give it the highest rating. I mean, you've got to experience. I wish I could have experienced it without you know the torrential downpour. But like I said, it it made a little bit better memories than. Uh, and I'll tell you a, a, a quick story because it, it was the talk of, of our ride after it happened. So we're just cruising along, you know, just minding our own business, uh, pedaling along, mm-hmm. just doing doing our thing. And uh, there's a couple of tight quarters where you're you're running five six wide on bikes. And uh, yeah. I was kind of kind of close on the we're riding in a pack with Dave and Tim Baker and and a few others and. All of a sudden, we get a couple of people passing on the on the right, on the left, and people calling out. And then, um, you know, I'm I'm pretty close to a wall, uh, like like a Jersey barrier, and a guy just comes zooming by me. And as he's like midway passing me, he's like on your left, and I mean, literally, I mean, I felt I felt the I'm going down like like feeling, and uh-huh. somehow. I'm like, you know, I, I'm thinking, you know, negative ghost rider patterns full, you know, can't get, can't get by that yeah. left-hand side. Uh, didn't clip me, but I just felt the breeze go by. And all of a sudden I'm like trying to pull out of not hitting the Jersey barrier. And uh, so I look up and the dude's wearing a rag bride Jersey. <laughs> we're nice. like, we're like, out of all the people that are going to run me into the wall, I'm like, I'm going to get run into the wall by a rag bride guy. And, and I was like, ah, no. <laughs> And, and so I, I, you know, I'm like, I'm like, dude, you gotta, you gotta give me a little heads up. You know, I'm like a little, a little on your left would, would be fine, you know, before you're on my left. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, he kind of sped away and, and, um, 
about a quarter mile later he's sitting there waiting for me and he's just like hey man i'm i'm sorry i i um you know, he had no, no idea who I who I was, which is kind of comical. But I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like, that that really wouldn't have felt good to get wrecked by a guy in a ragbri jersey uh, on Bike New York. But uh, we laughed about it, and I, you know, I I appreciate the guy at least making the effort. You know, you make mistakes on bike all the time, and you know, yeah. who was wrong? Was I wrong? Was he wrong? But you know. We talked about it and it was all good, but uh, man, I mean, in a blink of an eye, you can go down, and no matter, and especially with conditions like that when it's pouring rain and um, you know visibility is not great and the roads are are suspect. So it was a it was a fun story that we laughed about, but boy, that could have been that could have been bad. So could have been tragic. Yeah, yeah, could have been yeah. could have been bad. So anyway, that's my little bike New Yorker recap. So all in all, you recommend the ride? Absolutely. If it was dry. If it was dry. And <laughs> the organization was absolutely fantastic. I mean, they, they do a, cool. a lot of great work up, up there. They get other rides and a lot of bike education. So, yeah, Ken and Andy, great job. Thank you, gentlemen, for, for being great hosts. And, and thanks to Primal, uh, Dave and Tim, for always being a gracious hosts. Party Pat, the whole, the whole gang. Cool. Yeah. What's on your mind, Mark? You got anything good? You know, I, oh, we had a tough one this week uh, monday we had a, a bicyclist killed over here in the iowa city area and oh uh, i did hear about that oh yeah it, i mean it's awful um hit from behind it was a four-lane road straight flat there weren't any hills it was it was 45 mile an hour and uh apparently the driver didn't think she could get over because there was another vehicle uh in the other lane to her left so yeah there's an investigation taking place and, and uh, we want a fair and full investigation. Those things take time. So there's not a lot of answers that we have, but you know, it does strengthen our resolve for the change lanes to pass thing, because obviously this driver didn't get that part. No. And uh, we need to continue to work on, on that advocacy. And so we sent out an email to everybody this week and, and, you know, gave them six ways to get involved. I mean, everything from, from joining and donating to the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, which helps us out immensely. I mean, it takes a lot of work to get this stuff done. Um, but, uh, you know, to be ready to speak up when your legislators uh, comes by or uh, become a district leader, which is one of our kind of uber volunteers that are ready and, and willing to attach themselves to their legislator. And, and so those sorts of things are really important. And then maybe even simply get to share their own license plate. Um, that fund helps our Safe Routes to School education program um, and pays for the matching part of that grant. So it's it's uh, pretty valuable. So yeah, kind of, I'm, I don't want to be the downer here for the, the pod, but uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was the tough one. Yeah, and, wow. Uh, you know, Wow, it uh, it happens. It, gentleman was eighty three. Um, you know, God bless you. You're eighty three riding your bike. Oh, That's geez. awesome. Yeah. Um, I got so many emails from people this week that knew him, um, and that was pretty cool too because he's. Uh, I think he was a minister. Um, I had one email from uh, from a person that said he married my four children. Mm. Um, I'm like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then somebody sent me an email that he had 157,000 miles or something like that on his bike. And I was like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, it just goes to show yeah. you these are these are real humans that you're passing. Yeah. It's not just that darn cyclist is is blocking my impeding my my day to get to work. I mean, these are these are people from your community that that have real lives and are part of your lives and right. you know every every one is an absolute tragedy when someone's hit or or worse yet you know killed on a bicycle so take the time I mean, get over take the take mm -hmm. the extra couple of minutes what it take or seconds whatever to do the right thing mm -hmm. so yeah. yep yep that's sad to hear mark and uh yes I, I i do think your point about let the full investigation play out because you know you you hate to rush to judgment and you know th these are important important matters right um okay so I'll, we'll move from that we had a we had another thing that we did over the weekend while you were out riding in new york we had randy daryl over here oh geez um yeah and uh, got gravel dust on his bike for the first time uh, he brought his fat tire bike out and we rode up to solon and then up to ely 
uh, brand new trails in that area. It was just gorgeous and beautiful. And then came back along the Big Rove route. Ooh. Uh, so a little testing of that. Took some Big Rove pictures. How's it looking? Um, it's gorgeous. Good. It's going to be great. There's a, uh, The stakes are out. They're finishing up the trail right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so literally, we're going to be brand new trail on that. Uh, I christened the, the flying wasp kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I, let's look forward to that. And, and uh, I think it's it's going to be a good time. Cool. Um, and then we went to Greeny's uh, 80th birthday party i i heard yeah i mean that was a blast you know jim jim green the the rag bride director that preceded me i mean one of a true mentor a few i mean just a an absolute gem of a person it doesn't get any Mm -hmm. better than greeny um yeah i guess a premature 80th birthday because i know greeny's birthday is in august so um but they apparently had a family gathering and stuff and invited a bunch of people down and i i happen to be in new york and i know garner was in arizona at his son's uh, graduation but i i heard it was a spectacular group of people that that gathered uh, to yeah, did, did you sing him happy birthday you know, we didn't. Oh. We didn't. And Stevie was even there. You would think yes. that we would have said, all right, listen up. Do you, do you remember the last uh, time we sang Greeny Happy Birthday? No. That that might have been in Bancroft? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do. I do we, we don't that. want the E rating on our, our podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's keep that moving. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just carry on. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who do we got on the podcast this week? I, I think Murph has got another podcaster, uh, Biker Death or something along that line, talking about mm. bike packing. And so, oh, cool. yeah, so it's a real cool. I, I just listened to it. And um, uh, Murph's got a way with, with folks. And um, so, yeah, let's give a listen. Well, hello, Just Go Bike podcast listeners, a.k.a. Murph here with another edition of Murphology. And today with me, I have Patrick Farnsworth. Hey, Patrick. Hey. How's it going today? Oh, it's going great. Good. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, good. Well, Patrick is, um, I don't know if you're from Texas, but you live in Texas. And he is uh, probably a name you might recognize if you're part of the bike packing community. Um, he's a quite an adventurer. And he's recently joined the podcast world with a new podcast called Bikes or Death. Well, of course, I listened in on an episode and was like, I want to talk to this guy. So I'm glad that you were able to join us today. Yeah, I appreciate reaching out. Sure. Well, let's get started. How did cycling become a big part of your life? Uh, I guess it started when I was four years old when my dad taught me how to ride a a Schwinn, a blue Schwinn, Mm. you know, in front of my house. And uh, I grew up, I was born in 1980 and I grew up in the 80s. So it was just a much different time when, you know, my parents would literally just kick us out of the house in the morning and we would ride our bikes all day, my brother and I, and um, go exploring. And we had a green space in our backyard. And so we would build trails and forts and, you know, you name it. So it was, uh, I mean, ever, I mean, really, you know, ever since I was very young, bikes have been an integral part of my life. Um, going forward a little bit when I was 14, I was, uh, doing an Eagle Scout project, um, for my Eagle Scout. And I did a bicycle rodeo, which is, you know, I had like our local, um, uh, Agland cycling, our local, um, bike shop come out and teach like bicycle maintenance. And then I had some police officers come and they, they talked about bicycle safety and bicycle laws. And then we set up like a, uh, obstacle course kind of thing. So, uh, kids could try out everything that they've learned and whatnot. So, and, and it's just kind of gone from there, you know, bikes have just been a, a big part of my life and something I've always, uh, got a lot of enjoyment out of. It's so funny that you, you know, right away when you said, oh, I was four years old, started riding a bike, you knew what your bike was. Like, <laughs> oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I can see that bike of mine. Like it was yesterday that I was on it. On it. Yeah. Well, and one neat thing about that bike is I'm still a customer of the bike shop that my parents bought that bike oh. for me at. So it's Aguilant Cycling here. And uh, I am from uh, College Station, Texas. So yeah. um, I haven't left. And uh, yeah, so I'm still a customer of theirs. So it's kind of neat. 
How cool. And what a different life it was in the 80s versus now as far as, you know, like you said, your parents saying, all right, get outside and play, you guys. And you probably were jumping things and making ramps and doing all kinds of fun stuff outside that uh, kids these days don't either get the opportunity or maybe take the opportunity. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm very lucky to have grown up uh, in the environment that my parents provided for us. And I think now as parents, I have two daughters. You definitely have to be more active in trying to make that a priority and make that something that you do. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I'm in my backyard right now, actually. And I'm looking at a, a you know, built a little dirt jump and there's a dirt berm that goes around. And, you know, so we go in the backyard and we ride bikes. And I hope that that um, is something that they'll grow up and have fond memories of that, you know. Oh, yeah. I'd love to have that in my backyard. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. We'll, we're going to make it cool. I was going to say, is that for your kids or for you? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's just good fun. Yeah. Well, um, this might be a weird question, might be hard to answer, but explain why you ride. Like, why, why are you a biker? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, I guess the short answer is I, I just enjoy it. I absolutely yeah. love riding my bike. And like I said, it's just been something I've done for a long time. And I've always um, got a lot of enjoyment out of it. You know, and I think as I've um, grown up and been cycling for a long time, I realize that it's just it's something that gives me like stress relief. It's a great way to exercise and keep myself physically and mentally healthy. Um, and it's, it's how I like to experience this world. It's how I like to go and, uh, you know, visit, if I'm going to go on an adventure, I want to be on my bike if I can, you know, and I want to experience this world on my bike. It's just, it's just the vehicle that I, I choose. And, and I, I just, I love it. You know, I'm always having a good time when I'm on my bike. Yeah. Always smiling. I bet. Always smiling. Yeah. Absolutely. It's interesting uh, to, you know, like, let's say you're driving in a car and the same route you may take a, a hundred times, um, how different it is if you take the same route on your bicycle. Because, you know, oh, obviously man. you're going slower, but you can you can take the time to look around. It's just, it's mind blowing sometimes. Yeah, it's it. that's exactly it. You see things in a whole nother light when you're part of the environment. And when you're on your bike, you are part of the environment, whether you're on a city street or a, you know, a mountain road or whatever it is, um, you become subject to the wind and the rain and the temperatures and the smells and mm-hmm. all of those things. And, and, and you're, you're in it, you know? And so mm-hmm. that's part of the fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, getting into the like specifics, you know, there's all kinds of different ways to ride a bike and there's actually all kinds of different bikes to ride. Um, but when I was reading about you, you are big into bike packing. Uh, I think I read something about your hammock camper as well, which, (laughs) uh, I have done that a few times, which I absolutely love. Um, but maybe like, so let me explain, like most of the time when I'm biking, uh, as far as doing a multi-day, uh, bike ride, I consider myself, uh, like a touring bike person or a self-contained meaning I basically stay on the roads or on a trail, uh, but I have bags in the front and the back of my bike. Now, you are a bike packer, which I think is a different definition than a self-contained. So do you want to explain a little bit about bike packing? That That's interesting. I actually struggle making a, a, a distinction between mm-hmm. the two a little bit because you're doing the same thing. Yeah. I think bike packing is a little bit more whenever someone asks me, you know, or I'm explaining to somebody, what is bike packing? I usually just say it's camping with your bike, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you load up all your gear that you want to go camping with or that you can fit. <laughs> and, uh, and you, you go off and, uh, have an adventure on your bike and you go camping. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, you know, if you're, if you're touring, it might be a hotel tour and not maybe not as much camping mm-hmm. and maybe it's more urban or, or whatever, but, um, yeah, so I think if I, I think maybe the distinct the distinguishing factor there is 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 maybe the camping aspect. And yeah. I think if you're riding across America and uh, you're touring, you're you're bikepacking. You know, if you're camping out, mm-hmm. but that you know, as much as I talk about bikepacking, that's actually a good question. It's something <laughs> I should probably think about more. <laughs> well, and I when I think of like I don't ever call myself a bike packer, and I don't know why. Probably just because it's a newer term to me. But I think of it more as um, you're further away from civilization. 
Like, yeah. you know, maybe you're on a trail or there isn't a gas station to grab coffee in the morning. Like you're more um, rustic. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. Okay. And that's kind of the way I envision it as well. And I, yeah. I think another distinction I make is like when you're touring, a lot of times I think it's a, like a longer trip, whereas a bikepacking trip could be very short. Mm-hmm. You know, you could ride to a local state park or. Uh, you could do a, a, a sub 24 hour route and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of those out there. And so, um, yeah, when I picture touring, it's more like a long kind of journey that you're going on, mm-hmm. whereas bikepacking can be a quick overnighter, you know, in the local state park or national forest or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned all these great places, uh, any good bikepacking adventures you'd want to share? Oh man, <laughs> too, <laughs> too many, too many, uh, Every I haven't been on a bad trip yet, to be honest, yeah. but um, I, I will share with you. I just got back from a, a, a great trip and um, it was actually with a former uh, guest on my show, Jared Foster. Mm-hmm. And this is this is really cool. So he's Dr. Jared Foster oh, and he okay. teaches at uh, Texas Tech University. One of the classes he teaches is is adventure media. And so he's teaching kids how to go out in uh, you know, remote areas and capture, you know, like say, let's say you're going to film a bike race or, you know, get pictures of bike packers or hikers or runner, whatever it is, but more like adventure type sports. And so every year as part of his class, he takes 16 of his students bike packing. Oh, nice. Um, you know, and these are not like super accomplished athletes or anything like that. In fact, on this trip, three of the students had never been camping in their life. Oh, and one of them learned to ride a bike four months before doing this class. Wow. Is this a so, high school or college age? Oh, it's college. Yeah. Texas oh. State University. Yeah. Oh, wow, so it's in wow. Lubbock uh, in Texas. And, um, but yeah, so for this particular trip, he took his students to Big Ben Ranch State Park, which if your listeners aren't familiar with it, it's, it, Texas is rugged and remote enough, but this is the most rugged and remote area of Texas that I'm aware of. Um, it's, it's desert, it's rocky, there's cactus. Um, it's, it's out there, you know, like mm-hmm. you, from the trailhead, you're at least three hours away from a doctor oh, and, and okay. that's just at the trailhead. So, um, it was, it was such a cool experience. Number one, if you haven't ever been to Big Bend, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. The geological formations, how far you can see the night sky, Um, but then to put these students who had little to no experience and watch them overcome, uh, adversity and, and the trials that, that they went through and they didn't come with all like the best gear or Mm -hmm. the right bikes or, uh, even the experience that you would expect. This is a, this is a hundred mile route. You know, this was a five day trip. Um, you know, you carry in what you need and, you know, and good luck, um, (laughs) Uh, yeah, so that trip was special for a lot of a lot of reasons, but I learned a lot about um, how capable we are, and uh, I think a lot of times we, you know, we kind of like cut ourselves short. But I'm telling you, man, these kids were put in a situation, one of the toughest situations they'll ever be put in in their life, and every single one of them uh, made it, completed the hundred mile route. Um, and they carried their own gear and they camped and they roughed it and they did it. Oh, that's you know? awesome. So that, that was a great trip for me. And that's a memory they're going to never forget. It changed lives, yeah. honestly. On, uh, I saw tears of joy, you know, especially like night four when we were at Choro Vista and we we're watching this most remarkable sunset that you've ever seen. Um, you know, people were in tears mm-hmm. and I, I actually podcasted while I was there. So I did some interviews and, uh, you know, they, they change the way that they look at the world and the way that they want to live their lives. And not all of them, but some of them really had uh, breakthrough moments on that mm-hmm. trip. Um, it was cool. That's, really cool. That's awesome. Well, speaking of bikepacking and adventure, you mm-hmm. um, have your own podcast called Bikes or Death. Yes. So, A, a let's find out how you named the podcast and then let's get into <laughs> learning about it. Oh, man. The name. So... <laughs> I mean, really, the name was simply a product of what's available. 
you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I went on Instagram and I had a, I was just trying name after name after name and finally found uh, bikes or death. And then I went and found that the domain name was also available. Mm. And I was really surprised because bikes or death is really just a variation of a ride or die, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I was surprised that they were both available. Um, and I kind of liked it. it. It's, uh, it's very to the point. Um, I hope people don't take it too seriously, but I mean, <laughs> it's just kind of, you know, bikes or death, you know, it's kind of fun. Um, I, I don't take myself too seriously and we're talking about bikes and it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it worked. It's short, sweet to the point. Well, then when you look at, uh, your interviews and people that you choose to have on your podcast, what exactly is it about? I'm assuming it's about bikes, but maybe not yeah. about death. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, my podcast is kind of a product of, um, well, I should say that I am really committed and trying to only do in-person interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far I've been ridden bikes with every single one of my guests. So oh, that's man, been, that's, that's nice. been neat. Um, ideally what I wanted to do was like, you know, go on a bike packing trip and then interview people on trail side. And I've got to do a little bit of that, but in the real world, that's not as, as, as practical. And so, you know, when I'm looking for people to interview, I'll, I'll interview anybody, you know, mm-hmm. um, I most recent recently interviewed a guy that was riding the uh, Southern tier route for the adventure cycling association or not for them, that, but that was put out by them mm-hmm. uh, from California, Florida. And that route just happens to pass 20 miles from my house. So I sent him a message on Instagram and I was like, Hey, if you know, if you're interested, I'll put you up for the night. I'll feed you. And I'd love to record a podcast. And so I did, you know, I didn't know yeah. him. Um, he's not anyone famous, but he had a great story. And, uh, and I, I actually, think any, I listened uh-huh. to that, listen to that episode and it sounds like oh, you cool. uh, are also a good cook. Oh, <laughs> I try. <laughs> yeah, I do try. It's something I've actually, as I've gotten older, you know, um, and wanting to eat better, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm making that more of a priority. I I used to have the worst diet, just fast food. I mean, a terrible, terrible diet. Um, so I'm I'm trying to get better at that for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's kind of how it works. Like if I'm going on a trip, um, I will reach out to somebody in the area. Whenever I interviewed Greg Hardy, um, it was because my wife and I were going there for a wedding, mm-hmm. and I looked up who was in the area. Um, so if I'm going somewhere or someone's in my neighborhood, I'll reach out to them and, and try to make a connection. Nice. That's a really, that's cool because then you get to explore the everywhere. I was going to say the United States, but I'm sure if somebody was in Dubai going on a bike ride, you'd maybe be like, hey, I'll meet up with you. <laughs> <laughs> if I could only get to Dubai. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so how did you go from, you know, somebody who just likes to ride their bikes to wanting to turn it into a podcast? It kind of happened. A lot of things kind of came together in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to launch a podcast with a friend of mine. Um, and at the same time, I I was just feeling like I wanted to give something back, you know, to to the world, but more specifically to the cycling community. Um, it, it just became something that I don't know. You know, I, I kind of, you know, okay, you got the job, you got the house, you got, you know, family. And it's like, okay, I want to start fulfilling my life a little bit more and, and, and find like more purpose and meaning and, mm-hmm. and give something back to the cycling community specifically, which I love. And I feel like I've just been a, I, I don't feel I, I've been the benefactor of so many people who have um, put out great information, whether it's gear or routes or inspirational stories or or whatever. And I was, I was looking for a way, whether it was locally or whatever to just contribute. And, um, the podcast that my buddy and I had planned on doing just fell apart. It found out really wasn't going to work for us. Um, mostly it was a timing thing. He had no time. So, um, uh, so I had the equipment and I was like, you know what, I'll just get on and talk about bikes. You know, I'm a bike nerd and I will just start talking about bikes. And, and that, that was kind of it. So I really started it without any great aspirations or even a business plan or a model or anything. I just had the equipment, um, came up with a name, 
and started reaching out to people and interviewing them. Nice. Well, and it seems to be working so far. You you may have a good speaking voice, and um, your topics are both interesting, and I'm assuming you're also wanting it to be entertaining because there's, like, really good stories. Well, good. I, You know, I grappled with it's a, it's an uncomfortable thing for me to put myself out there. It's not what I normally do. Um, but I realized that, you know, we're all human and we all say stupid things and do stupid things or whatever. And so I'm trying to just be as authentic as I can, you Mm -hmm. know, because if I'm going to be talking to people at length and having long form conversations, I can't fake it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, it's just, you know, the podcast is very much just me um, talking to people about bikes. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm I've been blown away, really blown away by um, all the messages and the response that I've uh, received from the community. And I realize now that there's a there's a need there. You mm-hmm. know, people people are definitely interested in this type of information. And the other thing I didn't realize is across the pond, you know, I. I was kind of thinking in North America and I'm getting messages. I got one today from a guy in UK that reached out to me and was telling me about he's coming here to do some bike packing and really Uh, enjoys the show. And and I get, I get, I get quite a bit of those messages too. And so it's, uh, it's crazy. Um, but because of that, I've kind of tried to step up my game a little bit more, you know, what started as very much just a a hobby and something uh, fun that I thought I could do. And, and make a little bit of a contribution back to the cycling community. Um, I'm starting to take a little bit more seriously and I'm like, okay, let's, uh, you know, I'm pumping out episodes a little bit more frequently now um, as I can and, and uh, trying to really make sure it's good content, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So everyone needs to go at least check out bikes or death. Um, Of course, subscribe if it's something that is worth listening to, or if it's something of interest. Um, Do you have, future guests lined up or future topics that maybe you want to share? Yeah, I, you know, I have a running list of people I want to interview at all times, Mm -hmm. all over United States specifically, just, um, and if I'm going to that area, I'll, whether I'm driving through or, or going there, I'll reach out to people and, and do interviews. Um, but two that I have booked that I feel pretty confident in talking about are one is Hal Russell, who, is a personal hero of mine. And I don't know his exact age, but I think he's 70 or late, late sixties. He didn't start bikepacking until I believe he was 58. Oh wow! And he was a runner prior to that. And buddy was cycling, uh, in Leadville. He did the Leadville 100 mm-hmm. and he went to go watch him. And he's like, Oh man, I want to do that. So at the age of like 58, he gets into bikepacking and he does the Tour Divide, which if you don't know, is the longest off-road. I I don't know if your listeners are familiar with that, but it's 2,700 miles uh, from Banff, Canada to Antelope Wells, New Mexico. And it's an off-road bikepacking route. Completely Um, unsupported. (laughs) Completely unsupported. And and he has done that six times. Oh, my goodness. and that's only one of his, he's also, I met him whenever he came down to do the Grand Gravel 500, which is another self-supported bikepacking race based that starts and finishes in my hometown of College Station. So that's where I met him. Um, and it, he's just the perfect example of somebody who isn't letting his age dictate what he can accomplish in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you use it, you won't lose it, you know, and so he has a story that I'm very much excited to, uh, to share. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm actually, I'm headed up to, uh, Arkansas in a couple of weeks and I'm going to be interviewing him, uh, here in the next couple of weeks. So I'm excited about that. And then another one that I have lined up is, um, uh, the owner of Chumba, which is a, it's a bicycle manufacturer that's based in Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. And they, yeah, and they, and they do like bike packing specific, gravel grinding specific types of bikes, kind of on the custom end. Um, yeah, so that should be a really neat interview to kind of pull back the curtain on the manufacturing side of this world and see what's uh, in the works for bikes. And you know, that's that's kind of out of my expertise. I'm I'm, I'm all about the adventure and stuff. But when it comes to the gear, I'm, I'm I kind of rely on other people to be like this is what you need. And I'm like, okay, this works. I like yeah. it. Let's ride this. Yeah. And it's always nice to get somebody, a professional's opinion. Here's the gear yeah. that you should have. And you, most people yeah. will be like, you're right. I do. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta let the professionals be the professionals. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, uh, I'm assuming you do a little bike riding for fun occasionally. 
maybe Sometimes. with the family or well what kind of writing do you do when you are out for fun all kinds uh you mentioned with the family. Uh, I love uh, doing family rides. We just got back from a family trip to a state park and um, we, it's my wife and I, and then a nine-year-old daughter and a two-year-old daughter. And the two-year-old oh, yeah. is just about ready for a pedal bike. I think um, she's got her strider and she's going really well with that. So we were doing laps on the uh, park roads there in the state park. And I mean, it, that, you know, it just, it doesn't get better than that as a dad, you know, mm-hmm. that's just so much fun. Um, but other than that, I, I do a lot of, uh, cross country mountain biking, mm-hmm. um, and bike packing and gravel grinding. Uh, I used to do road cycling, but just found out it, it wasn't for me. Um, cars scare me too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, any upcoming adventures planned? I know, I don't know if I'm assuming you'll go be riding your bike with Hal when you go visit him. Oh yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely going to do some riding in Northwest Arkansas. Um, a big trip that we have planned is uh, a bikepacking trip in September. My wife and I are going to go to West Virginia hmm. and uh, that's actually her, her hometown. And there's no like published routes right now in West Virginia. So my goal with that is to, to kind of put West Virginia on the map. I think it'd be fun to pioneer a new route yeah. or, you know, take beta from other people who have put some information out there, put together a neat route and, and put it out there for people and, and try to get more people. Cause it's West Virginia re- really is a beautiful state, but um, there's no published routes right now for bikepacking. So I think that would be kind of cool to, to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said that you've um, grown up in college station, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like if, do you have a favorite place to ride or is it mostly just around uh, your hometown? Ooh, I have a lot of favorite places. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, most, well, a lot of the riding I do is uh, around my hometown, just local trails, mm-hmm. uh, gravel, gravel riding. Um, we have the Sam Houston National Forest. It's about 50 minutes away. So I spend a lot of time in the woods just exploring by bike, that whole uh, forest there. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been all over. There's so many great places to go see and ride and um, right now I'm really stoked on Northwest Arkansas. Um, my wife and I just bought some land up there and we're planning on moving and retiring or that'll be like our permanent home. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's just a lot of great bike infrastructure and the bike community there is awesome. And they just have a lot of really neat things going on. Um, you know, it's like one of the neat things about it is from the property that we have, it's just in a neighborhood. Um, but 40 feet off the back of our property are trails oh, and nice. they're world-class. I mean, they professionally built trails and so you can, you know, come home from work or whatever and hit the trails and the trails will take you all the way into Bentonville and they have a, a paved path that goes all that, all the way down to Fayetteville, Arkansas. And then the adventure cycling, uh, association is releasing just this month, a thousand mile, uh, route that will go all the way from, uh, Bentonville, Arkansas to Hot Springs, Arkansas. Hmm. Um, so anyway, there's just a lot of really neat riding going on there. And so I've, I've been doing a lot of exploring up there and checking out all the trails. There's a lot to see and do. Nice. Well, I will, I'm going to ask you for some advice, but I'll give our listeners some advice to maybe if you're getting into bikepacking to, um, check out Bikes or Death, the podcast. But what advice would you give someone who was considering maybe trying a backpacking weekend or like a 24-hour deal? Hmm. Um, you know, maybe one of the biggest things, and I learned this um, on that trip to Big Ben Ranch State Park, um, is that you really don't need all the fanciest gear um that you see, you don't need the, you know, the high end bike and all that. My, my first trip that I ever did was with my wife. Um, she rode her giant lust advanced two, which is a carbon full suspension mountain bike. Mm-hmm. And I rode my carbon road bike with 28 <laughs> tires. And, you know, half the time we were on pavement, the other half we were on gravel. And so, you know, it, the bikes were not, I, I mean, they were the two wrong, most wrong bikes right. you could have for that type of ride. Um, but we, we put together what gear we had and we went for a ride and it was great, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, and so I really want to help to try to break down this idea that you need to have 
all of the right gear. You know, when I went to Big Ben, like I was saying, I saw 16 kids that had very little experience, um, but they had a sense of adventure and mm-hmm. a willingness to go out there and do it. And um, they strapped on bags wherever they could and they made it work, you know. And so that that that's probably the biggest thing. Um, you know, and the other thing I would say is start small. I, I do a lot of like testing out gear in my backyard. You know, when I was learning the hammock camp, I tested out all different kinds of like hammock configurations and different weather, whether it's cold or rainy or whatever. Um, and then, you know, I will, I'll drive, I used to like drive to Sam Houston national forest, get off, ride my bike 10 miles camp and then ride back, you know? And mm, so yeah, you, you don't need to take on like a, a big, a big adventure, you know, start small, learn the basics. Um, and then, and then kind of go from there because like you said, I mean, you're going to be in remote areas if you want to do the type, that type of bike packing. And I think it's good to be prepared, you know, know how to use your equipment, um, have the right food and water, have the right type of clothing, um, you know, and, and then go and, and do it, you know? Uh, and then the last thing I would say is, have an exit exit strategy because <laughs> things, things do go wrong. Um, and so it's always good whether, you know, I have a spot tracker. And so if things really go wrong, I can hit a button or if you have cell phone service, you know, have somebody that, um, you can call. Um, but yeah, don't let it be daunting, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's supposed to be fun. So go out there and enjoy it. And one, one quote that I heard that I really like is, um, if you go seeking adventure, don't be surprised, don't be surprised when adventure finds you. Oh, nice. And, yeah. uh, so, you know, things are going to go wrong, but just roll with it. It's a learning experience. So if something doesn't go right, learn from it. And the next time you go out, you'll, you'll have that lit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just plan to do it that second time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Keep, yeah. keep trying. Yeah. Well, where can people find out more about you and bikes or death? Um, I'm on Facebook or Instagram, okay. you just bikes or death. Um, and then, uh, if people aren't on those platforms, they can email me. Um, it's bikes at bikes or death.com. Easy enough. And I, I welcome people to reach out to me and people do all the time and I'm happy to answer any questions that I can. Yeah. And obviously anybody who's listening right now already knows how to do podcasting so they can easily find bikes or death. Um, that's on. a good point. I should definitely talk about that. Yeah. On, on, I think I'm on all the, on all the platforms, obviously mm-hmm. uh, Google play and iTunes are the big ones, but, um, yeah, if you go in there and just type in bikes or death, you'll be able to find me. Um, we're eight episodes in and I've got more coming. Awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck, Patrick, and thank you so much for being on the Just Go Bike podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah. Well, listeners, I'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote comes from John Bon Jovi. Believe in yourself. Believe in your dreams. If you don't, who will? Think about it. Hey, hey, hey. we've come to the end of another edition of the Just Go Bike podcast. Appreciate you tuning in again. We're having fun doing this. How about you, Mark? You having fun doing these? I'm having a great time. Great. I'm having a great time. It was nice having, you know, AP and Murph take over for us, but I kind of like, you know, being in the being in the, the podcast seat here in Paratalk Studios. But but you know what? I, I kind of think we should probably give up the mic every once in a while and uh, mm-hmm. let some people flap their wings a little bit and, and expand their horizons. And uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed listening to them take over the mics, and uh, maybe we should do that a little bit more in the future. I like what you did there. The parrot flapped her wings. Yep. I, I, yeah, I see what yeah. you did there. That's oh, good. Yeah. But uh, no, seriously, um, I mean, this podcast, I mean, hopefully you've been tuning in each and every week, getting on SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you're going to get it. But, you know, without our sponsors, this thing couldn't be possible. And who are those sponsors, Mark? We've got uh, Think Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities, uh, host of the Big Rove Ride on June 29th. Also, uh, Jingle Cross, World Cup of Cycling. It's a World Cup of Cyclocross will be hosted here in the Iowa City area. But if you're looking for just everyday fun bicycling, this is the place to go. Bikes to You, one of the best rec bike charters, bike shops, and just a full-service bike shop out of Grinnell, Iowa. So go over there and, and uh, check out what they have because they've really got 
a stunning offering of, of Cannondale and, and a lot of uh, great women's clothing and, and just a great, great bike shop over there. Uh, and then finally, Primal Wear out of uh, Denver, Colorado. If you're looking for custom bike jerseys, shorts, apparel, if you want to have them ready for Ragbri, looking all nice and spiffy, now's the time to order. So give Jake and Jenny a call out there and uh, or whoever your rep is and uh, order your custom kits right now. Very cool. Thank you, Mark, for that. So uh, I, I forgot to do a shout-out to some friends, some some other ragbriers that didn't run me into the wall on, on Bike New York. Saw Dr. Dean and Max on a tandem. Uh, they're part of the Spongers, the, the, our Greek friends from down in, uh, oh, somewhere down in that, that Tampa area, uh, the Spongers, and they come on ragbri each and every year. They, they're just fun-loving Greeks that – that love the bicycle and they love coming to Iowa each and every year. But Max is about, I'm going to say he's probably about 10 years old or so. And he rides a tandem with his dad and it's a, he's a pediatric doctor, a real uh, wonderful person. We catch up with him every once in a while when I get down there. And um, yeah, it was always good seeing the spongers. Hope, look forward to seeing the spongers again on Ragbri this summer. So, and, and the other thing I'll, I'll say is I just want to wish all the moms out there. Happy mother's day. Um, it's, it's, uh, that, that time of year, do not forget the important ladies in your life. Um, I, I wish I could have my mom here with me for Mother's Day. Uh, love you, mom. But, um, to my wife, thank you for being a great mother. I don't know if you've got any words to pass along there, Mark. Oh yeah. You know, my mom, uh, up in Waterloo and well, she's Waterloo, Phoenix, Missouri. Um, I really hope they're having a great Mother's Day cause, uh, they're really certainly, join the retirement up there so yeah awesome love you mom Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.